peace of our Lord be with you. Anyone unwilling to work should not eat. Across the years, from time to time, I have heard those words from today's epistle lesson enlisted in support of the idea that Christians should only help people who are deserving of help because the New Testament says that anyone unwilling to work should not eat, which is, in fact, exactly what those words say when you look at them on the page. But then, after we look at those words, if we look behind them, we remember that in all likelihood they were written to the church at Thessalonica to help clear up their confusion about the return of Christ, a confusion which had apparently resulted in some members of the church stopping working to watch and wait for the return of Christ because they thought Christ was coming again just any day. Now, needless to say, we all struggle with very complex questions about when to say yes and when to say no to persons in need of assistance. There's no denying that complexity but those words from today's epistle lesson were not written to address the complexity of compassion in 21st century Jackson, but rather to address a specific situation for a specific congregation in 1st century Thessalonica. That's what you find when you look behind those words. Anyone unwilling to work should not eat. And then, to further complicate matters, if you read the rest of the Bible and look around those words, you see in the same Bible where one verse says, anyone unwilling to work should not eat, another verse which says, Give to anyone who begs from you. An example of the fact that the Bible sometimes speaks with varied voices on the same subject. Which is why serious, thoughtful, prayerful, biblical interpretation requires us to look not only at the words on the page and behind the words on the page and around the words on the page, but also beyond the words on the page. Asking the Holy Spirit to lead us into the truth which will most closely align our lives with God's love.
And that is how to interpret Scripture. First, look at the words on the page. Then look behind the words on the page to see what they may have meant to those to whom they were originally written. Then look around the words on the page to see how they match up with all the other words on all the other pages in the Bible. And then finally, look beyond the words on the page to the Spirit of God, which is ultimately what matters most. What matters most is that we embody the Spirit of God in the world even when the Spirit of God takes us past the place where the words on the page might have dropped us off. Because as important as the Bible is, the Holy Spirit is more important than the Holy Bible. Needless to say, whenever the lectionary places this morning's epistle lesson in our path with that sentence, Anyone unwilling to work should not eat. It takes me back to my grandfather, Eugene Poole, progenitor of what we call in our family the Gene Poole Gene Poole. <laughs> Daddy Gene, as I called him, was a local legend in Kite, Georgia for his ragtime piano playing, his unparalleled gifts as a spontaneous stand-up street corner comedian. And sadly, for being what this morning's epistle passage calls unwilling, not unable, but unwilling to work. My dad once told me about a time when he was a boy, when some people came from Rehoboth Baptist Church to bring them food, and how even as a child, he could tell that the people who had come from the church resented helping them. Because everybody in the community knew that the pools were hungry. Not because Daddy Jean was unable to work, but because for reasons we don't know or understand, he was, despite being physically healthy and strong, in the words of today's epistle passage, unwilling to work. But they came anyway. Even though the folks at the church could have used that Bible verse we read this morning 
to leave my family off of their list, they didn't. They could have just looked at the words on the page and said, anyone unwilling to work shall not eat. The Bible says it and that settles it. Instead, they kept going past the place where a Bible verse might have given them permission to stop. A small, simple example of how life looks when love looks beyond the words on the page. A way of reading the Bible which Barbara Brown Taylor once captured when she said, I love the Bible, but I hope never to love the book more than I love the people. The book calls me to love. In a loud and noisy, harsh and hard world, I say to you, my sisters and brothers, that is how you interpret the Bible. It's not complicated. We want it to be complicated because we lack the courage to live what we find when we interpret the Bible that way. So we hide behind a complexity that does not exist. This is simple. Young people, children, those of you who are getting ready to go off to college, This is not complicated. In fact, it is very simple. Here's what you do when you are interpreting the Bible and applying it to your life and to the lives of other people. It's really simple. It goes like this. A, B, A, B. You look at the words on the page to see what they seem to say. Then you look behind the words on the page to see what they may have meant to the people to whom they were first written. Then you look around the words on the page to see what the Bible says in all its other words on all its other pages. And then, yes, you look beyond the words on the page and follow the Holy Spirit to the most gentle, kind, welcoming, loving place, the Spirit of the Lord our God takes you. That's how you interpret the Bible. No matter what the issue, no matter what the question, the right way to read and interpret the Bible is crystal clear through the lens of, in the light of, for a life of love. Amen.